As we start the, the Torah once again, and we're already in the thick of it, as your blazer said, Parshas Noyach, which is really after, after Parshas Breshis, it's already a thousand years into the creation of the world. We, we don't realize that. It's only one Parsha. We rarely, we hardly put back our sukkah. And, and we're already destroying the world. The world was just created last week, and the, 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 the balance between trying to understand and reading and hearing about the creation of the world, the magnificent accomplishment, if you want to call it that, that we talk about every day in our tefillahs, we say, Baruch Sha'omar that the Rabbanim spoke and the world came into being. The Rabbanim didn't take out a hammer and nails and to build the world. He said 10 sayings, and we read that in, on, on Simchas Torah, we read that uh, when we had Chos and Breshis, we read the, the six days of creation, and last week we read about it by Yoimer Lokim, by Yoimer Lokim, and someone pointed out there was 12 psukim in a row where it says Hashem's name, by Yoimer Lokim, 11 or 12 psukim in a row. Breshis Bore Lokim, by Yoimer Lokim, by Yoimer Lokim, by Dabre Lokim, by Yoimer Lokim, 12 psukim in a row. The Rabbi Shalom created the world with just his kaviyochal, his speaking. And, and we have to understand, you know, and we're trying every year when we do read the Torah once again, we, we try to grow and we try to develop in our understanding, our appreciation for what, what how is God communicating with us through the Torah that he gave us. We're not prophets, and we're not the sons of prophets, but we are from a people of prophets. And we had one special prophet, Moshe Rabbeinu, that the Rabbi Yisham gave him a Torah for us. Now, we spoke, we spoke last week about a Rashi that says, hashishi. And we talked about that Rashi. I just want to bring it up just in context and Rashi said some, one thing that we all are familiar with from the Gemara Shabbos, Daf Peiches, where the Gemara says, Yoim Hashishi, Hisna Kodesh Brocha, Kodesh made a condition with creation. If Klalisa will accept the Torah, fine. If not, then the world will be dissolved back to nothingness, to Tohu Vavoyu, which is what we found, what the Torah says the world was in the beginning, before God created the world. It was tohu vavoyu, which in Cheder they used to te- translate that in Yiddish, pust and vist. <laughs> and I don't know if art scrolls <laughs> is anything better 50 years later. Pust and vist means nothingness. We don't know what that nothingness was. Was it a bunch of wood? Was it a bunch? It was nothingness. Even wood is a creation. There was nothing. It's not like you have a house. You have rocks and gravel and you have things. Yeah, then you build a house. Okay, that's called, there was nothing here. I built it from scratch. That's, that's how we talk. We build it from scratch. Because Baruch Hu built the world, created the world from scratch. In the beginning, as the Sipurna says, he created time. There wasn't even time. We don't think of that that is a creation, but it is the ultimate creation. That is life itself. Time. That's all we have in this world, this fleeting few moments 
of life to build and create and to live and to relate. So when we say Akashbrok created the world, and if the and it's dependent, conditional on on Klal Yisrael accepting the Torah at Maimon Har Sinai at that special shishi, that special vav sivan. So it means, wow, the world is going to go back. There, everything is conditional. You know, it's, it's it's unbelievable. We know of condition, but you know, if you don't pay, your car will be taken back. But okay, but you had a car for all the all that time. I don't know what it means. The world will go back to nothingness. But and but then there was another piece to that Rashi that we don't find in Chazal in the Gemara that we have, and Rashi tells us about it, it's from the Medrash Yoim Hashishi that if it if that it's conditional on the Klal Yisrael accepting the Chamisha Chum and that was a Chiddush that I don't think we all appreciated now we are that's in Bracious that's in Bracious by Yoim Hashishi Right after this, page yeah. eight. Page eight. That's correct. Right in the bottom. Again, Hashishi wanted to say the extra hey, to say that there says Rashi, hey Bashishi, Shehista Imohem al Menashi Kablu Yaleim Yisrael Chamisha Chumshi Torah. Right. Then Dover Acher Yaim Hashishi. That we're familiar with, but Hamisha Chum we 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 didn't we weren't familiar. We don't we don't grow up with hearing that part of the Chazal. What is the difference between we scratched the service last week? The difference between Maimed Harsin that was an event that changed the world and the Jewish people for all times. We became a Jewish people. We became. Um, the world obviously solidified, and but we became a Jewish people. We became infused with a Jewish soul, and forever we are Jews. Born a Jew, you die a Jew. But the the second part of, or which brought first, is if their makabel on the cell chamisha chumshetoyra needs definition. And now that we're starting to read chamisha chumshetoyra, which we finished on Simchas Torah. And now we begin again, as you say, we're just thrust into it, and all of a sudden we find ourselves in Parshas Noah. We have to under, yet understand, but this is what's being developed now, even as we march closer to Maimed Har Sinai, which was an event that changed us forever, but the Hamisha Chum Torah is, we started to describe it as the lessons, the life lessons that Hashem wants to impart to us that we can live with as Jewish people, as his people, as the representatives of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. And we have to understand and appreciate that, that that cycle does not begin and end on Shavuos. Two separate cycles. Shavuos we have, we don't do much, what do we do? We eat cheesecake, we stay up all night, and then in Eretz it's over. They stay up all night, they go to sleep, wake up and Shavuos is over. There's no sukkah to put away. There's no Pesach dishes to put away. What did, what did we do? What did we accomplish? We reenacted 
Matan Torah Maimon Har Sinai. Right? It would be a great time to start and finish the Torah, give it some character, give it something to do. Do the, you know, finishing Zoysa Brocha, but no. That's reserved for Shmini Atzeres in Eretz Yisrael and Simchas Torah in, in, a, in the diaspora. It's because the cycle is most appropriately placed after the Yom and the Rayim. You know, and as I said, it's very, very heavy on holidays this past month. You try explaining it to a new, you start a job in, in August, and you say, well, i got to tell you about September. You know? <laughs> you know? You show them a Jewish calendar, you show them 14 Jewish calendars, and they say, what? They still don't I heard of Yom Kippur, and I heard of Passover, maybe, but what? what? You start, know? start in October. Right. So... But anyways, so but for us here we are in, in our with within ourselves. What is it all about? It, there is something that there's a thread, and I don't want to take up the whole sheer on that because I want to get to Noah. We've gone through from the first Tkiya Shafer of Rosh Chodesh Elul, an, an awakening, right, trying to bring us back to reality, like it was in that time of the sin of the eagle. And there was a process from Rosh Chodesh Elul till Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah, we had that amazing declaration of Hamelach. Everybody's, you know, and, and we mentioned the, the, that everybody, you're sitting in your seat, trying to mind your own business on Rosh Hashanah, trying to focus on your machzer. And, and there's a strange minig. The Chazan for Shachris screams out Hamelech from his seat. And then he runs up to where the Chazan begins. Now, if you come to the shul or you're in the shul and, and you don't know who's davening Shachris, you're waiting, they say, 820 Hamelech, and you're looking, there's no one there by the Bima, right? Who's, who's, who's going to daven? All of a sudden, the guy next to you screams out Hamelech, says, Shah. He says, No, no, Shah. I'm the Chazan. I'm, then he runs up to the you know, and if you don't know, you say, what? What, tomorrow it's me? <laughs> you know, it's like Sheva Brach, is when they give the cup of wine to the one person, then it goes down the table. You say, oh no, I better look at the next Brach. Can I say it? Is it a hard one? Is it you know, it's a long one, a short one? <laughs> These are the stresses we have in life. Um, I didn't prepare for it. it. What? The guy sounded like a regular guy. And he was a regular guy. He screamed at Hamelech. What's it all about? So I, so I said oh, from, from uh, Rabbi Biederman, who says that's the point. The point is God is everywhere. You scream out that royal de- decree. It's everywhere. It's the whole world. The whole world is his. You can't hide. But also, more importantly, I added that everybody represents the godliness. We started Rosh Hashanah saying that God is but by the end of the whole process, when it comes to Shmini Atzeres, and we've exhausted ourselves through the Yom Rosh Hashanah Machser and the Yom Kippur Machser and the Slichas book, and we've, that's a lot, we've accomplished a lot. We don't, it's not a small matter. When it comes to, after Hishana Rabbah, and we've gone through the Sukkah and the, and the Dalad Minim and everything which, 
and all it represents, we come to Shmini Atzeres, and we realize that what, when we screamed out Hamelech, we were really talking about ourselves. We are the royal people, and every one of our actions, thoughts, and, and spoken word represent God in this world. And that's through the Torah that he gave us. That's the process, the, in a nutshell, that's what we're accomplishing. And it's with that thought that we put, tie the bow on the Sefer Torah, on Vezois HaBrocha, put Moshe to rest, he dies. So what happens after? Yoshua. But it's really Moshe, we, it's, we all represent the continuity of Moshe Rabbeinu and the Mesorah of Torah. It's in every one of us. That's the message. And with that, we start the Chamisha Chum Torah. On in Simchas Torah, we read Bereshis and we sing song by every end of each day, showing that until we come to Yom HaShishi, remember that the process starts again in our lives as they get back to what we call normal. We have to uh, look at the Torah and read it with a new perspective that we are searching and in discovering our royal nature, that Hamelech is within each one of us. And this is the, the, the process of, and the Tanai, the condition that HaKadosh Baruch says, are you going to accept the Hamisha Chumshei Torah? to learn the lessons of life as you go through your life, just like the Jewish people evolved and, and, and marched through their life from Bracious till V'zois HaBracha, now it's unfolding again with, because it's divine, it's divine lessons now. So now, with that said, we want to re-look at the Parshas Noyach and the episode of the destruction of the world. I think most people in the world know, heard about the flood. Maybe they haven't thought of it. I don't think maybe it was like, I don't know, flood you hear on the news and you're sitting in your pajamas and you can... This was the whole entire world. The entire world was destroyed. And as, as you pointed out, the parsha before ends off with a cliffhanger. But it really, is it a cliffhanger or is it not? We're introduced to this fellow Noah. He was part of the generations that were born towards the end. He was already 500 years old. He was no youngster. He was from the family, of course, of, of um, that was left over from, from Adam Arishan. Um, and the God says, I, I want to destroy the world. Why did God want to destroy the world? Was it simply because of the evil as we read in our Parsha? Or was it perhaps a different reason? God got, he says, Nichamti, I, I'm giving up on the world. I have to destroy this world and create another world. This is, and, and why was Noah saved? And his family. So this question is, is uh, addressed by the Orachaim HaKadosh in the end of Parshas, Bracious, Pasuk Zion, right at the end, the last, second to the last Pasuk, by Yom Hashem Emche. So the Orachaim HaKadosh says, 
it has to say Kinichamti that I because I regretted creating the world because it's telling you why is the world being destroyed. It's being destroyed because I, reg- I regretted creating the world. Not because of the evil doings necessarily of the world. I've regretted. It's enough. I, I've regretted creating the world. And he says there's a difference. When God decides to destroy the world because of a certain evil, so then only the evil people should be destroyed, not the good people. But if, the, if God decided to destroy the world just because he regretted, whatever that means, nichamti, I regretted creating the world, then everybody gets, gets destroyed. It's like when a company wants to go out of business. The good employees get, lose their jobs just like the bad employees. It's, it's over. The company is being closed. Eleven. Chapter 11, right? They're, 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 they're finished. What is the root of Nicham? Ticham, what is that? Nechama, like consolation, he regrets. That's how art school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reconsidered. Different choice than Noah, right? Yes, we can say Play on words. Hashem reconsidered having it's a, it's a, it's a, a part of a word. Um, so, so then, that's the Arachaim Hakadosh. That's what that's what he says. And he says when Noach Motzachain says this, uh, the Arachaim a big Kiddush. He says there are certain mitzvahs that their toeles. They bring chain. They find favor in a God's eyes. We don't know what the, we don't know what those mitzvahs are. There's one, two, three. There, there's a number. Of, he only had seven mitzvahs, right? But there are certain mitzvahs or actions or or things that are done that bring chain that you don't deserve. It chain is das. We don't deserve the wisdom that God gives us. He gives it to us because he wants to give us. He bestows upon us chain. Now, the Archaim says, Hashem rightfully so doesn't tell us which mitzvahs bring chen for the simple reason because we would only focus on those. Mm-hmm. Like the Mishnah Ova says, matan mitzvahs. That we, there's big mitzvahs and there's small mitzvahs. We don't know which ones carry a lot of, a lot of reward or not because then we would only focus on those. <laughs> right? You only invest in the ones that have a big return. That's not, that's human nature. So therefore, we don't know those. That's what the Orachim HaKadosh says. Other Meforshim want to say that there's a, you, it can, it's a continuity. Noyach motzachem be'eni Hashem e'le toldois noyach. That's what, that's Rabbi Kamenetsky in his Pirish in the end of Parshas Bracious says that Noah was outstanding in his generation and his greatness was that he was able to raise children that were not part of the generation. Shame, Chom, and Yafes, at least at this point, whatever their tendencies were, and their wives, 
Right? He found a shaduchim for them, no small matter, and his own wife. He was able to save them. And that was no small matter. Vizu godless, she'en dugmosa, says Rabbi Yankov. Shlahatzil is b'nei beisai, b'shoh sham misaviv loi, that all around him, beisakvoris, it's a cemetery. Hatuma boikas and the evil and the and the the tuma is just everywhere. The land, the earth, has been, as the Pasuk says in the beginning of Noyach, Vatishoches Ha'oretz, the earth itself, animals, mated with not their own kind. Strange things were happening. And he was able to raise a family and marry them off, and that they should be worthy of to be saved. Lot, on the other hand, in a few weeks' time, we're going to read, Lot was only saved by taking him out of the of stone. If he would have been in stone, like the children of his that stayed in stone, they were destroyed. Because he wasn't the type of tzaddik that could stay in that area and be saved. Avram Avinu could jump into a furnace of fire and, and be saved. But Noah, he was able to be saved. Now, this came from, says the Sipuno, that came from, the, that was the chain. The chain that Noah had made it that even though he was a tzaddik, but the chain, the favor that he found in God's eyes made him worthy that his children should be saved. That's what the, the Sipuno, the, the Sipuno on the Pasek, even though the children weren't necessarily so ay ay ay. Rabbi Yankov says they were at least not terrible. But the chain says the Sipuna at least that he was able to save his children. Because of the chain that he found, Hakashbro gave him this gift that he was able to save his children. And there, and he brings a pasuk. Why wasn't Noach a tzaddik enough to save himself and his children? So that the Sipuna says, "Ki loy limdu as doyram lodas Hashem ka'avraham." He didn't teach and go out, and he wasn't successful in in say in teaching the people what not to do and what to do. He wasn't successful. And teaching his family. Rabbi Yankov focuses more on what he did accomplish, that he accomplished to, to educate and keep his family intact, which is no small matter. But that's what the, that's what the Sipurna says. See, even though he was a tzaddik domim, be'iyun u'bemaisa, quoting from the Sipurna, ki'omnam tzaddik ha'mashlam atzbeh bulvad, ro'yu shimalit atzmoi bulvad. He can only save himself. But someone who saves and helps others, then then he can also protect and save others. Noach was not in that category, but it was Chain, since he found favor in God's eyes. Could be because of the mitzvahs that he stumbled on or he happened to do that are those types of mitzvahs like the Orachayim HaKadosh says. So he was able to save his family. But that's the chain. 
So the continuity of the end of the parsha is Noach. Matzachain, Ela told us Noach, this is why that he was able to save his generations. And Noach himself wasn't, and there wasn't a different scenario that Noach and his wife or Noach by himself was saved and uh, would have another total recreation of the world and Hashem would have to pull out, pull out a chava out of his hat, right? <laughs> or somewhere, of another rib, he'll lose another, Noach would lose also a rib and we'll start again. So Noah and his wife were on the ark. And his three sons and, three and sons. their three wives. Okay. So, so total of how many? Eight. eight people. Eight people on this uh, cruise, right? This no picnic. It was no it was a cruise, but it was no picnic. And that's this is how we this is what we're coming into the Parsha. And his and his sons and their wives had no children yet. No. No, they, and not only did they not have children yet, but they weren't even allowed to cohabitate on the teva, as Rashi brings, because the world is in peril, so it wasn't allowed. They were told that they were not allowed uh, oh, to have relations. They didn't have yes, yeah, I don't know. there must be something. Well, when they right? when they lived when they lived on uh, for so many years, you know, six, seven hundred years, they, they had they had time. It's all relative. And then it's all about relative. But I just find that they didn't have children. They weren't just married the day before, all three Correct. of them. And then they ultimately did Correct. have children. Yeah, so this is the okay. pattern of the world. So so we go back to the and we look take a step back and look at the at the um, you know, the Mishnah and Pirkeovas Perikei. Basar Mamaras Nivro Ilam, ten sayings, the world was created. Why why do you have to? Kashbo could have created it with one saying. He said no to give reward to the tzaddikim that uphold the world. Right, and to to punish the world, the, the rishayim that destroy the world. And here we see with the, the second Mishnah, ten generations from Adam till Noah, to say how patient God was that. That, they, that all the generations were just getting worse and worse and worse until he had to bring the, the waters, the mehamabal, the waters of the flood. And then there were ten generations from Noah till Avraham to show how much, again, how much patience God had because all the generations even from Noah angered Hashem until Avraham came and he took the reward of all of them. Let's just click on that Kibboschar Kulam I, I, I want to suggest with this introduction that Kibos Har Kulam was that Avram Avinu's discovery was that he was he accepted upon himself in his, in his discovery of God that God is interacting with mankind that God has a mission for mankind this is what it means that he that uh, till Avram Avram Cain in his self and discovered that the world is talking to me. The Bria, it's all this created by one master builder, master creator, and he's talking to me. What do I do? And this is what, what Akash Baruch said to Avram Avinu in the beginning of Lech Lecha, when he gave him the Lech Lecha, he gave him the ten tests to embark on, 
Avram Avinu was embarking, discovering the Chamisha Chumshei Torah. And now that became part of the Chamisha Chumshei Torah, that Avram Avinu was, was in that discovery mode, understanding what is HaKadosh Baruch telling me through my experiences, through my life, even without HaKadosh Baruch telling him explicitly, without understanding things so clearly, ups and downs. And this is how we also um, engage in, in reading the Torah. We find ourselves in a time, an interesting time. We just, on Shmi Atzeres, we, what we call, we, we started saying, Mashiv Aruach Amorit HaGeshem. We call, we benched Tal, benched Geshem. Bench Geshem, Tal is in Pesach time. Now, but we don't, so we change in our Shemon Esrei, something that, if you forget it, you have to go back to the beginning of Shemon Esrei. If you don't say, Mashiv Aruch Mered HaGeshem, and that's in the Mishnah, in the beginning of Tainus, it's called Gevura Yizkishamim, the strength of brain. Why is it called the strength of brain? Because it's in the Brach of Atagibor. You are the, you, God, are the strong person, you control the sustenance and the lifeline of the world. And in that bracha, we ended up Mechayim Mason. You literally bring the world, resurrect the dead. Now, we haven't seen the resurrection, the ultimate resurrection of the dead, that's the, the 13th principle of faith, right? But we, if one opens their eyes, they can see it every day. If we don't have rain, it's desert. Look outside, right? Brown is the new green. They tell us we can't water our lawn so it all turns brown and we have to say wow what a beautiful lawn you have <coughs> you know you're and, and no it's fake grass or it's fake grass right <laughs> if it's green it's fake grass or you're not listening and you'll, you'll get fined but it, literally God is Mechaya Mason constantly we have to see it and this is the part of the Gvuras Kishamim later in, in a few weeks in Eretz Yisrael and, and in a few months on December 5th or 6th we will start saying the same Talumotr in Arshman Esrei. That's called She'elas Gishamin. But this period of time, right? You got, what does that mean, She'elas? Where we're going to ask for rain. Oh. In Baruch Aleinu. Right. In Baruch Aleinu. Right now we're saying the same bracha like we did all right. summer. But I'm just curious. Why do we switch over for the same? What's the new? I've always been curious. The new prayer. I understand. We only say when the real same. rainy season starts. Which is in the it has to do with the the sus the, the so even though we say Morita Mashivaruah we now, continue the same bracha in our Shmoneh we don't say Shailas Kishon right. there's a separate and this is the first and second Mishnah in Masechtas Tainus Mosai when do you start saying Gvuras Kishamim so there's Machloikus and we paskin the last day of Sukkot right that's Gvuras Kishamim Shailas Kishamim which is the second Mishnah in Tainus. That we start later on. In Eretz Yisrael, it's in two weeks, literally to give the people a chance to get home before they get rained on, because we realize the power of our prayers, right? But in the, in the diaspora, we started in December when the change of the seasons starts. 
So this, let's call it this honeymoon, of where we're only saying gvuras kishamim, is also a product of this the whole entire season of from Rosh Hashanah till Shemini Atzeres, where we're able to say. You are the source of power in the world. You are the Mechayim Mesim But I'm not asking if it's totally Lishma. Imagine what an opportunity we have. I just want to point that out. We have such an opportunity to, usually you want to, you butter someone up, you go to your, you go to your mother when you were a kid or your father, you, you say, oh, mom, you look so great today. Wow, I love the breakfast and lunch. Okay, what do you want? Come, let, come on, bring, bring it out. What do you want? Well, nothing really, but yeah, come on, I know you too well. What, or you go to your boss, you start buttering them up and you start doing your work better. You're asking for a raise in a few weeks, right? It's time for your review. So all of a sudden, your work product is is hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. You're available weekends. You're all, uh, you know, who who doesn't do that? Who doesn't know that? Okay, we're all human. But here we have the opportunity to say, I realize that everything from nothing. We're not asking for anything. The same bracha, yeah, give us a little bracha, throw a little bracha my way. What an opportunity we have. And that's from our, our resolve that we've, we understood that what, all the best bracha is that he created us, that he gave us royalty, that he gave us a Torah, that he made us into this unique, special, right? that you gave us, you made us a special people and a special tongue, we said in, in Kiddush so many times over the Yomtev, and you brought us closer. That's the greatest gift. Now we're proving, putting our, our, our money where our mouth is for the next two weeks in Eretz Yisrael at least, and then for us a few months. We need this longer lesson in, in diaspora. Now's the time that... We have this opportunity to really feel that. And this, I think, is what the Sefer Chavis Halvabas is all about. I, I mentioned to you in Shir that I heard from Ramatisio Solomon that Ramatisio Solomon, that the, what motivated the Chavis Halvabas is that he looked around and saw Shulchan Aruch and he saw a tour and everything's organized about what to do and how to do our obligations. But Where's the, the source of how we're supposed to relate to our obligations? Where are those chayvis halvavis, obligations of the heart, duties of the heart? Both words are important. He called the Sefer chayvis, not nice things. We, we think of midois and as, you know, you got to be a nice guy. You're not going to get anywhere in this region. Not gonna, people aren't going to want to work with you or, or play with you or relate to you or you won't find the shidduch and you won't. You got to be a nice, got to be known. Oh, him, he's a nice guy. Nice, does favors. He's bal chesed. We all, that's the first thing you ask when you're looking for a boy or a girl. Is he bal chesed? Prove to me he's a bal chesed. Well, he walks, I saw him walk an old lady across the street, right? And I, I, I saw him, you know, go to Ralph's and there was someone going for his parking spot and he didn't honk. He let the person wonder, wow, really? That's beautiful. 
but there are chayves halvavos, and the chayves halvavos he proves in his extensive hakdama, where he's saying that these are obligations, and he brings so many proofs from the Torah itself, where the, where the Torah. It's a long Hagdama. But he says from the Torah itself, from the Torah itself, we have the the and he says the Posik of Ashivoisa Elovecha. We say it in Dalainu. You have to return this to your heart. Your heart has to feel the obligation of <coughs> having everything that he delineates in the Sefer, which there are ten, ten Sha'arim in the, in the Sefer uh, from the Shar HaYichud till, and ours we're learning Shar B'Tochen is the fourth and then till Shar Avas Avas Hashem, these are all Chayvus HaVavos, and they have to be ingrained in our heart in our being not between anybody else, not they're just there because they're true they have to be worked through and proven. As he says, like, you see that Kavana, he proves from something we learned in Makkas. You know, person kills with Mazid, gets killed. If, the, if it has witnesses and, and, and warning, right? If he kills B'Shaigeg, what happens? Ir Miklat. And if he kills B'Ainus, nothing. Right. nothing. Nothing. What's the difference? The guy's dead, you did it, you shot the gun. What's the difference? Kavana. So proves the Chavos HaVavos in the Zagdama. You see that Kavana makes all the difference, not just some of the difference. It makes the whole difference. You killed, the guy's dead, and three different uh, uh, responses. So the Chavos HaVavos is so central, and there's no book. He says, I don't find any book that teaches us what Chavos HaVavos is about. And he says, noisi ki tavos and rabba. The soul of a man has so many distractions. And, and there's no direction for them to work through things, to, to clarify things, to have it clear that when I know that when I put on my tefillin, it's it's backed up with a chayvus halvavus, I realize what I'm doing. When I keep Shabbos and I'm closing down my store, it's not because I just don't want to look like a guy right, to everybody else, and I'm only part of the community. I realize what I'm accomplishing. That's the chayvus halvavus behind all of our mitzvahs. That's everything. Our Shabbos is different, and our tefillin and tzitzis are different, and our expenditures will be enjoyed. This is it. And therefore, I put myself through this Lisbon Torah Hebrew Hasefrazer. That's what the Chayv Zavov says in his Hakdama. It's a beautiful Hakdama uh, to, to go through and to, to read. But he proves that Chayv Zavov exists. That you have to have it in your heart. And therefore he designed, as we're learning, in such an organized, like a, uh, he must have been an accountant or a, or a, uh, uh, what do you call those guys? The, actuary. An actuary. So organized and 
that he put it through, but he put himself through the, this effort because Lisbol Torah HaSefer Azet, to put out this Sefer. That's what's going on in our Parsha. When the Torah introduces it, tells us what was the main reason Akash Baruch Hu had this regret on the world? Reconsidered because the Cholmach Shavois Liboy on the bottom of 26. Bayar Hashem Kirabba Ros HaOdam Boretz. He saw they were doing evil. But what, what did he really see? The Chol Yetzer Mach Shavois Liboy. Rak Rak Kol Hayom is evil in their, the, the, the thoughts of their hearts. I mean, their core was. There was no process and procedure and, and textbook that they could develop their hearts. Therefore, Vayinochem, he had to destroy, he regretted creating the world, and he recreated the world with a system of Choyves Halvofes. That's what I want to suggest. This is where Parshas Noyach, Noyach was saved because Noyach had this, Hashkoshbom saw in Noyach either because he was in the tzaddik tomim that he was, and the chain that he found, he had the kernels of chayvis halvavis. Because Lemaisa, he did, he was a tzaddik tomim that generation. Lemaisa, he was, raised three boys and, and three daughter-in-law, found three daughter-in-laws who were ready and able to follow him into the, into the teva. A whole world, no. No one believed him. But they were, that's the Ato Gibor. He found the Choyves the, Halvavos, the and therefore he was saved. But he wasn't saved in a vacuum. I found amazing, I'm uh, just going to one more point that the Rebbeinu Yoyna brings. You're going to fall off your chair. Hope as, as, I hope you brought another pair of socks that this is going to knock your socks off. He says that Kishemes Noyach, when Noyach died, Avram Avinu Hoya ben Chamishim Bishmona, he was 58 years old. This could be a Balaturim. You know what? You know what? The, the, right. the gematria of 58 is Noyach. Wow. Avram Avinu was 58 when he when Noyach died. Wow. He gave over the baton of life, of the world, of Klal Yisrael, of the Chamisha Chum Shitoira, when, not, when Avram, 58 years old. And how do we That's know that Avram is 58? That, you, I say, Zok the Gemara. Time. The Gemara says in, in Avayda Zorah. Okay. It's a Gemara in Avayda Zorah. And, and Chain is the opposite of Noyach. Chain, Noyach, Motzah Chain is the opposite of his name. It's his essence. This would this Noach had the kernels of Chayvus Alvavis in his heart. I found in the Sefer of the of the Tasha Rebbe. Where is it? Avodas Avoda. I came across a few years ago. He brings from the Arizal. Nishmasai Sel Noach, and only the Arizal could say this in the Sefer Likute Torah, Parshas Kisisa. Likute Torah is a famous Sefer from the Arizal that. You know, we don't we don't necessarily look at it. We find it from people who bring it. Nishmasai shal noyach his galgala b'meishrabenu. The neshama of noyach reincarnated into meishrabenu. You want to hear this proof? I'm telling you, 
Hold on to your seats. Omar and this is, and he brings it to Pasha Kisisa because when a God said, I'm going to again destroy the world. Remember in Pasha Kisisa, Hashem wasn't just, uh, he said, I, I have to destroy the Jewish people and start all over again. Does that ring true to our Parsha? Hashem said, Nichamti, I'm done with this world. He says, yeah, Moshe, I'm sorry. I'm going to start a new nation from you. And what did Moshe say? No. If you want to do that, which I'm not saying this is, uh, I'm not saying it's any Torah, but it's, it's not a coincidence. Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis is lave, lave. It's Perak Lamed Beis, Pasuk Lamed Beis. is Mecheni Nomi Sifrecha. This is the the Chavis Halvavis. Where Moshe Rabbeinu was now getting the, the Neshama of Noyach that the Arizal says, punct in that Pasuk, says the Arizal, says, yeah, um, and he says it by himself, maybe he says it on his own, Mecheni the words Mem Ches Nun Yud spell out May Noach. You can't you can't make up this stuff. May Noach Mecheni No Mesivrocha, which Hakadosh you know, changed the whole plan when Moshe Rabbeinu said that. And this was the Tikkun says this Tasha Rebbe or the or from the Arizal. This was his tikkun for not saving the world at the time of his life. Hey, Noach, like the, the waters, of waters of Noach is the same is letters of Mecheni that shows that there's a bond between Moshe and, and Noach, and that and that when Moshe did save Klal Yisrael from total destruction, it was a tikkun for what Noach did not do in the times of the flood. We're focusing on what he did do. He raised a family. He became a, He re- remained at Tzadik Tomim, but there's that unsatiable that gnai, which is even a rudiment. I think there's one time that he used to quote in Shmuzim in the base medrash. He said it over. I heard it from him many times in the name of the the Baal Shem. but in the Sefer they bring it in the name of the Arizal. That it says that a Talmud of the Arizal, which is unusual for a Litvax like a Vurdimit to quote a Baal Shem Tov, in the base Medrash, in front of everybody, it was all something unusual. But here in the Sefer, it's brought in the name of the Arizal. Maybe they, they looked it up, I don't know, but I heard it from him in the name of the Baal Shem, but it's the same thing. They asked him, How in Shemayim do they look at our pitily learning Torah and doing mitzvahs? Who are, who are we compared to the Tanoim and Amoroyim? Good question, no? This is what someone asked Arizal. Do, does it have any value that when we wrap our tefillin and we're thinking about our, our, our ride to work and we're thinking about who we're going to hire and fire today, we're wrapping and davening and we're, all of a sudden we're, we're all over the place. As, as someone said, said a joke, it's Elev Arechev, Elev Asusim, that the non-Jews, they travel with... with uh, Chariots and planes and buses, and we just get involved in Tila and we're traveling all over the world. Okay, that's a joke. I'm just, uh, but can our, our Tfilas and our, our mitzvahs really mean anything compared to the Tanoyim, Amaroyim, Neviim? So the Arizal answered him, I says, I'll tell you a story. And Rabbi used to tell us over. 
So someone brings in a bird as a gift to the king. It's a talking bird, a parrot that talks. You've seen a parrot. You ever heard a parrot talk? You ever, you know, you've never heard, seen it. You've read about it, but the parrots talk, right? Uh, sometimes they say they say what they hear. You know, that's uh, of, that's of, a dangerous thing. Lots of jokes. Yeah, like a, you know, the parrot of a sailor. You know, talks like a sailor. If he with a table chacham, then he'll he'll say gishmak and gewaldik all day, but. <laughs> I've never heard a Talmud Chacham who has a parrot. Your, your parrot, your, your parrot's going to say Gishmak and Givaldi. <laughs> okay, so he says, what? and they bring this to the king, and the king calls all his people, and they shows it off. What's the big deal? Every kid at five years old talks. He says, oh, yeah. a human being has seichel. Of course it can talk. A bird is, has no seichel. That, that it can talk is a big thing. So Darizal told the, the people, he says, says, the chashivas and our avodas Hashem is that HaKadosh Baruch knows what a low generation we are in and the generation before us in comparison to the generations before. And still, we wrapped fill and still we want to understand the Taisus and a Gemara and Makas and understand what it means, a mission and a Gemara and a Rashi. That's impressive. That's impressive. This is what this is what this is what Ariza said. This is the synthesis. This is the project of the Hamisha Chumshi Torah. This is what we're reading. This is the how with the glasses and the prescription that we have to put on when we're reading the Parshas Brachus Noyach Lech Lech. We're gonna marching through the history of the world, the, the ups and downs of Noyach, what he did right and what he didn't do right. Yesh Dorshim Lishvach and Yesh Dorshim Lignai. And the question, of course, is we're supposed to down the kafschus. Why darsh? If you can darsh on the shvach, why darsh on the gnai? Because the, even in the gnai, we can find the shvach. It was such a low generation, but still he put effort into saving his family. We we also know what he didn't do. He wasn't like Avram Avinu. He wasn't like the other generations. Yeah. But we see from Arizal, he also picked up on this and says, no, the neshama of Noyach nizgalgal to Moshe Rabbeinu, it's a continuity, it's part of the, the, the human condition, a part of the world. And Moshe Rabbeinu was inspired to dedicate himself at the time of the Egel and not say, good plan, God. Okay, I'm ready. Destroy the world and we'll start again for me. I'll be the Av, I'll be Avram Avinu. He said, no, erase me from your Torah if that's your plan. Which we know happened in Parsha's Tetzavah, which is the, the, the Parsha of the Big Day Kahuna. And I, I can't go in, can't do everything today. But, you know, why Dafka in that Parsha did it happen? It's a good question. And it's all part of this Mahalach. The Rabbani Shalom is showing us that, that the reason of the destruction of the world was because it was there was no infrastructure of and and therefore was rock rock there was nothing to work with Noach was the only one that there was something to work with but even him and I'll bring you something else fantastic and maybe with this we'll finish the Shem Yishmuel brings from a Medrash Medrash Rabbah that the beginning of Sefer Tillim which we know is also an unusual book, has a lot of similarities to the Hamisha Chumshatoira. The Gemara Kedusha, when it talks about that there's Yisrael, that, that, and how many, le- how many psukim and how many letters there are in the Torah, 
it says there are this many letters and psukim in the Torah, and there are this many psukim in Tilim. There's a comparison between Tilim and and Rabbi Yitzchak Zilber, the famous Russian uh, refusenik who wrote a book to be a Jew, has has a beautiful shtickle Torah on that Gemara, where he shows him and his son, who's still alive, uh, um, Yitzchak's son lives in Yushalayim, wonderful people, tzaddikim. That Tilim is a microcosm of of the of Hamisha Torah. That's why we turn to it in Hallel, and when someone's sick, we daven for them. That the Moshe ben Leia, the younger man in the Kail who's sick, should have a refuah shleima b'mehera, because the Sefer Tilim is also a chayvus alvavis. Where are you, David Melech, Put that into his Sefer Tilim. It's the chayvus alvavis of the Jewish people. Efata, where's your heart? Your heart has to be somewhere, says the Medrash, Ashra Ha'ish Zenoach. Ke'et Shatul Al Palge Mayim Sheshoslu HaKoshbochu Bateva. That HaKoshbochu planted him in the, in the ark. What? And, and I was just at my doctor yesterday, he was a Shtikl Talmuchacham also, and he always gives me a word. He told me this, and he told me that. How do you say heart transplant in Hebrew? Shtalat halev. Shitul halev. It's planting, but also transplanting. Shesulim beveis Hashem. We say in our davening. Shesulim beveis Hashem. I should be replanted. What do we replanted? That's my heart. Wherever I am. Shifti beveis Hashem. We just said for a whole month of Elul. Ach hashoal temeis Hashem. Shifti beveis Hashem. What? We're giving up our jobs. We're going, all going to Kolo. Shifti beveis Hashem. What, what, what's going on here? We say it again three, two times or three times a day. Right? You can't get away from it. Till Shmini Atzeres, we don't stop. Because we're, we're in this shitul. It has to be in the heart. In my heart. When I'm at work, I'm at the in beis Hashem. I look at the world differently. The Malchus that we said on Rosh Hashanah is within me. I'm I'm that. And listen to this this story. That's what he says. Shesul Mevais Hashem. We are planted in the house of Hashem. This is connected with Noach and the Teva. The same the same idea. Listen to. There's a, there was a Yid called Rabbi Avram Kalmanovich. He was the Mir Rashiva in Europe. He learned in Slabotka, Talmud of the Alter Slabotka. He came to America, he started the mirror in New York, but he single-handedly saved the mirror that was in, in from Europe, he went to Shanghai, he sent them money. <clears throat> it, was, it, was, it was against the law to send money, but he did it again and again. FBI came to his house, you're supporting the, the enemy, Japan, China. He, was, he says, arrest me. These are my people. I'm not going to let my brothers and sisters starve. So there's a story that Rabbi Simcha Wasserman, the son of Rabbi Chana Wasserman, said, told over that Blue also knocked the socks off. It was the middle of the night. They were waiting for money to send to Shanghai to save the mirror. And the money came in 2 o'clock in the morning. Someone came in with a bundle of cash and money. You know, see, so he says, Rabbi Simcha, 
Avram Chamu tells him, we're going now to the post office. He says, now to the post office? The post office is closed. It's not up until 9 o'clock in the morning. He says, we're going now. They went to Manhattan from Brooklyn. They went to Manhattan or from Williamsburg. I don't know where they were. They went to, and they're the first one in line. Of course, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Who else is there? Even on Black Friday, they're, they're not waiting in line. Not today, they're camping out there. I don't know. But they waited. The first one's in line. So Simcha asked him, but Rome, he says, listen, Rebbe, I'm, I'm, I, I love you, and I, I want to understand. Teach me. Can't we go in the morning? We'll be the second one in line. So he told him, he says, Simcha, let me teach you something. Noyach was in the Tevah for almost a year. He had to feed the animals every day, constantly. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says that his eyes didn't see sleep. A newborn baby, we know we don't, oh, yeah, I, I, I got to go to work, I got to go to work, because I can get some sleep at work at least. But at home, you don't get any sleep, a newborn baby. Here, constantly, 24-7, he was busy feeding the animal, each animal, what they needed, and that he shouldn't kill each other. The elephant shouldn't step on the, on the, on the ant. And, and the, Rashi brings him to the sixth parasha. When he came out, he was hobbling. Noyach. He needed a four shalema. Why? Because one time, from the Gemara in Sanhedrin, one time he came late to feed the lion, and the lion smacked him. And he was limping from that. Lion smacks you. No, no. So he asks, or Avram asks him simply, he says, this guy was, is the only man in the world, right, besides his family. He's giving himself every day. One time he comes late, cut him a break. Cut him a break. So Avram looked at Rav Simcha in the eyes. He says, you know what? This lion is the last lion in the world, besides his mate. He's the last lions in the world. If they don't eat and they die, there are no more lions. When you're dealing with the last lion, you don't wait. Mm. You don't come late. The Bachrim and the Rosh Hashivas in the mirror. The Rosh Hashivas and the Bachrim in Shanghai are the last lions in the entire world. The last holy Shiva that was left intact. If we don't save them, and every, it's gone. It's gone forever. When you deal with the last lion, you don't wait till, the, till 9 o'clock and get in pajamas and go there. We're here at 3 o'clock and waiting for the doors to open. You see, the, this is the Hamisha Chumshatayra, the Tchavis Halvavais, it's not practical, it's not reasonable, it's not logical to go three o'clock in the morning. But from Kalmanovich saw and saw in the story of Noyach, he saw this was teaching us Chavis Halvavais. Doesn't have to make sense. It is real, it's right, you do it. And this is why he was he would I recommend to read this book. It's a blazing light in the darkness. Art scroll book, a fantastic book. There's so many lessons in Chayvus Alvavas that we learn from each and every parsha, even each and every word of the Torah. We have to look at it in that way. Victor Miller, in, in his Pirish on Chayvus Alvavas, you know, says that 
the purpose of, of when we see animals and how they eat and what they the, tra- the fantastic transformation from grass that a sheep eats grass and water and it creates wool is the, is the most important purpose of the sheep not to give us lamb chops not even to give us a shoifer the transformation we see the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we see that he's this great designer who made such a marvelous machine also made us human beings. And the same is true for every creature, creation in the world. This is, this is what we, I think, the little bit we can learn and start thinking and, and asking ourselves what we can learn from the Parshias of Noyach. And, we, and the, now we, we're being introduced 10 generations later. Avraham Avinu took the baton of life of the Hamishu Chumshetayr of the Chavis Alvovais from Noyach, and he was—that's the idea behind it—that he was 58 years old when Noyach died. Means he took his essence, he took his chain, and he and he marched forward. Whether it means in real years or it's the Chavis Alvovais, and this is what we what we learn and how we should read. The Torah, as we go forward, each and every parsha, it's a whole different look. But we're different because of course, who placed us in this time where we had this malchus and we realize where the malchus comes from. It's not just the malchus out there and up there. It's the malchus, the guy sitting, standing next to us, screamed at Hamelech and Rosh Hashanah. It could be me next. It should be me next. And in this honeymoon time, when we're saying Ato Gibor, Ato Gibor, without any screens attached, with nothing, no, we're not asking Hashem for anything. We're just realizing our greatness and the greatness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. May it be that we should we should learn and grow from all of these lessons, Mitz Hashem, uh, one week at a time. Amen. How many Talmudim were there?